The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, coming to you right after the Giants' loss during Week 14 to the Arizona Cardinals, a loss by the score of 26-7, to a game that effectively ends a four-game winning streak, a streak that put the Giants in a strong contention to lead the NFC East. Now they are playing up to chance and hoping that the Washington football team loses to San Francisco. So we are recording this after the game. Whatever happens with this Washington game, we will then be able to react to on our film breakdown show on Tuesday. But we have four takeaways that we want to hit on today. No positives or negatives because, frankly, a performance like this, it's hard to really draw out any true positives but one thing that is clearly apparent here Chris is this was a regression this was a step backward this game felt like one that we saw early on in the year this isn't the team that we saw play against Seattle which is a really good football team instead this was a Giants team that lost to the Chicago Bears or to the Rams or to the Heck, I'd maybe even argue their their bad performance against the 49ers. This was a step back, and that draws immediately to how poorly the offensive line played. Multiple sacks, I believe the number was eight. And then the scary part here is Hassan Reddick, who we talked about in the pregame show as being more of an off-ball linebacker, not being a very good pass rusher. He finishes the day with five sacks, of course, which is just you know perfect foresight by us. Yeah, absolutely. Now... I suppose it just saying it, you know, for us in our defense, yeah, Reddick was a good pass rusher at Temple in college, but he was moved to off ball linebacker just because of his size. He is an undersized rusher. Um, at least going off of this game, maybe that move was not in his best interest because he doubled the number of sacks he had on the season with this game. He went from five to 10, set a new franchise record and by the end of the game was honestly looking like OCU Manura out there. You know, between Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden, I think making the Giants regret getting rid of him a little bit. Uh, this was not a good game for the Giants offensive line. This 
really look like some of the hydrized performances we saw early in the season. And I'd really like to watch the film before we can assess any true blame, but the Hassan Reddick sacks came from just horrible attempts at blocking by Cam Fleming and Andrew Thomas. I am very unwilling to see what the the PFF grades are going to be for the both of them. I would not be surprised if they are in the 50s. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Fleming was maybe even in the 40s. But Chris, you do have to give a little bit of positive recognition to what Arizona did because a lot of it wasn't necessarily the fact that they were getting instant immediate pressure. Now there were a lot of play there were instances where that happened. When you have 11 quarterback hits, that's usually um part of the reason why that happens. But what was the key thing here? You see Daniel Jones standing and watching and looking because nobody was open. It's almost what Patrick Graham does to opposing quarterbacks. What he wasn't able to do to Kyler Murray today was done to Daniel Jones. He was standing and watching and didn't have anybody to get the ball to to the point where he was getting hit. And that hamstring injury was clearly nagging him to the point where he he wasn't going to move outside of the pocket. He was just going to stand there and take it. Yeah, I think we'll be getting to to Jones a bit more in the second half, but Arizona's coverage, their defensive play as a whole was really good. They gave up some rushing yards. Wayne Gallman is going to get his. I think at this point we can pretty much say that, and he still looks good as a runner. He was playing very fast, making a lot of nice cuts, showed good vision, and he just has this way of falling forward and picking up extra yards that he probably shouldn't get, but on the back end... Arizona wasn't giving up anything. Evan Ingram was the Giants' only receiving option to get even close to league average separation. That's according to NFL Next Gen Stats. Uh, Golden Tate, who had the big play of the game, he was averaging less than half a yard of separation from the from the Cardinals' defensive backs. They were just blanketing the Giants' receivers, and they could not get open. Uh, Jones threw into coverage on a third of his passes. That is yeah, that is just not a good recipe for an offense. The other thing, too, in terms of this regression we're speaking on, the four-game stretch of good games was a lot because of how good the defensive line was playing. They were attacking opposing quarterbacks. They were shutting down rushing lanes. And I didn't see any of that today. I did not see one inch of that today. I saw a lot of... Broken contain, Kyler Murray was able to escape the pocket and throw on the run very easily. They had a lot of ease running the football. It just felt like, especially because they were on the field so much, because the offense was going three and out very often throughout this game, it just felt like they were able to get pushed around way easier than we're used to seeing. Yeah, yeah. the Cardinals had, I believe, just under 160 yards rushing, and some of that, a fair amount of that, is Kyler Murray just scrambling and being Kyler Murray. But Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds both had some good runs. Yeah, at one point, Drake was averaging five yards a carry. Edmonds was averaging four and a half yards a carry. You know, we were not expecting the Giants' defensive line to have those holes opened up on them like they did. Now, I don't think we were really expecting them to get a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray just because he is so quick and the Giants 
defensive linemen, they win with power. They don't win quickly. They don't win with speed. And that's not a great matchup for Kyler Murray. But the fact that he was able to dance around and break contain like he was, you know, that's not great for the Giants' edge players, especially with Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson coming up over the next two weeks. So that's something I think we're going to have to keep our eye on. And I think maybe even focus in on when we go back to review the tape. We have two more points that we want to address here. Before we do so, though, we're just going to take a really short break. Chris, it seems like we've gotten to this point where these special teams miscues have completely built up to a point where they significantly negatively impacted the game. Today was more the same we've seen over the last few weeks, and we have to point to directly to two specific plays, the fumble by Deion Lewis, and I I can't entirely blame those issues on him because he was kicked on that play when that ball was knocked out, but... At the same time, you fumble that ball there on a kick return that's supposed to be a a play where you're getting the ball back, you're trying to put your team in good field position. Instead, you hand the ball over to the opposing team, and that was a real serious drive killer. And I also point out the punt return by Christian Kirk very early on in the game that pushed them in very good scoring position that eventually led to a field goal when the Giants were backed up and punting out in their own end zone. Yeah, you know, you, in Deion Lewis's defense, punt returners, I don't think, normally practice or anticipate rogue toes flying at them, that the game would suddenly switch from Madden to Street Fighter. But, you know, the, the ball security is just absolutely paramount, especially in special teams. I mean, it it's important all the time, but a turnover on special teams, especially that close to the goal line, that is completely game-changing. And I think the Giants do need to get a handle on their special teams, these special teams miscues, which this is the third game where we've had to talk about them. They've cropped up. They have impacted the game. You know, Christian Kirk averaged just under 13 yards a return. If he had that for the season, that would put him far and away the best punt returner. And, you know, I think it comes down to just discipline by the Giants coverage players and, Maybe Riley Dixon being just a little bit off lately. Last thing I really want to hit on, Chris, is the fact that Daniel Jones very clearly should not have played in this game. We saw pretty clearly that he was not fully healthy. It might not be super keen to the the average fan's eye, but if you just watched him play, you could tell that he was not 100%. His accuracy was off. He was noticeably reluctant to scramble. Those plays that I mentioned earlier, he was sitting and standing and waiting, and then he just took whatever contact was coming his way. There were a couple times where he tried to move, but he could not push off. He could not accelerate at the same level that we're used to seeing Daniel Jones be able to move. So that inability to play it the way that he was honestly held back this offense. I would argue that that I would have rather had Colt McCoy go out there and maybe put up less offensive production if he's at least healthy. I, I think that it did the Giants no justice trying to force Daniel Jones to play in this game. Yeah, in fact, it might have hurt them going forward. Yeah, like you said, it, it even from the start of the game, his accuracy was just off. He was overthrowing guys, put it, placing the ball well behind some of his receivers, forcing them to twist and you know contort themselves to even make attempts at catching the ball. And 
yeah, that that is just not the way to have a sustainable offense. And then really throughout the season, Jones's best weapon has been his legs. It has been his ability to scramble, to run the ball, or even just threaten to do so. That has slowed down opposing pass rushes because they have to play contain because if he breaks contain, he could pick up 10, 12, 20 yards. And you know, without that threat there, especially once the Cardinals realized that that threat was not there, they were able to start teeing off. They were able to start bringing extra pressure. And all of those hits, all of those sacks started to add up. And we saw him not able to finish the game. Like he was obviously limping. And once again, it looked like he just couldn't push off with that rear leg. And that definitely messes with his mechanics. And now we have to wonder if Colt McCoy is going to be the starting quarterback next week. And you know that that is not an ideal position for a head coach to be in trying to decide between do I play a hobbled Daniel Jones, you know, hope he can avoid further injury and not at 100 be not at 100% and hurt the offense that way or play Colt McCoy who is right now a backup for a reason. Which one get, which option hurts your offense less and gives you the best chance to, to win what are now must win games? Yeah, it's getting to a point where you really need to figure this out quickly. And maybe Daniel Jones is healed by the next game, which is pretty likely at this point. It just makes things so much worse that they tried to force him back and then they could have possibly risked a further greater injury to a part of the body that is very significant for performing at a high level. Hopefully Daniel Jones is back to full health next weekend. But as of right now, we're just going to have to see what things look like at the quarterback position for the Giants. Right now, it's it's going to continue to be uncertain, which sucks because Daniel Jones was getting better gradually week in and week out. But right now, that's not the case because he's injured and he's being held back by that hamstring injury. That's going to be it from us here on the Chris and Joe Show. Make sure you tune in on Tuesday to our film breakdown discussion. Uh, additionally, follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon at Raptor MKII and also at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll see you on Tuesday, folks. 